Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I am rejoicing in it. Good morning, Goshen College. And good morning to our visitors. Welcome to our chapel, Bold Right Life, expressions of worship and the hip hop generation. I am just so excited about today. This morning, we are going to be inspired. We are going to be motivated to define two questions. The first question is, what is worship? The second question is, what happens when the hip hop generation encounters worship. There are many definitions of worship. And worship can defi be defined as a lifestyle. Some say it's all about the attributes of God. But how do you define worship? As we experience worship today, I want us to keep in mind that worship can simply means that it is an encounter with God. Several years ago, I had an opportunity to do research at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And my research was on the role of religion and lives of African-American Christian students. I observed students who hungered and thirst after God. I observed students who wanted more of God. And most importantly, I observed students who declared themselves to be part of the hip hop generation. Even here at Goshen College, I see students hungering and thirsting after God through the midnight worship we host on Friday night. I see students hungering and thirsting for God through our campus ministries and our worship night on Wednesday evenings. There is a generation that will seek God. And I believe that you are that generation. So on this morning, as we enter into this experience of worship, I want you to think about what does worship mean to you? How do you encounter God? For God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We will now be led in prayer by Natasha. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for your presence here, Lord, and the presence in each of us. And I just thank you that you are the creator and that you have created us in your image and you call us to create. And through creating, there is worship, Lord. And you call us to worship in whatever manner that is, in whatever manner it is that we cry out with our hearts to you. It's not about the notes, Lord. It's not about creating something that is beautiful to the eyes of the world. But Lord, you want that raw cry out from the heart. And through each of us in our individuality and the way that you have created us in your own image, Lord, we worship you from the depths of our hearts. So may you open our hearts today to listen to the words that our speaker has on whatever manner it is. May it touch the hearts of those who need to hear it. Lord, I just pray that in everything we do will be an act of worship. Amen. 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 Once again, we invite you to join us in worship. 
We will experience God through songs from Voices in Harmony, our gospel choir. We will hear a thought-provoking message from my pastor, YPJ, from Faith Apostolic Ministries. And we will also hear from Nathan Stowes. Nathan is a very creative po poet, and he will provide some ministry through poem for us. Now that we have talked about worship somewhat, let's experience it through song with Voices in Harmony. Can you come forth, please? And as Voices in Harmony is coming before us, I want us to enter into worship with clear minds. I know it's Friday. You've worked hard all week. Some of you all have written papers. Some of you all have taken tests. Some of you all are looking forward to the weekend. But now it's time for us to focus on worship and what God has done for us, who God is to us. We want to make sure that we clear our heads. So I know we have a lot of athletes in the audience. And there's a scripture that's just been ringing in my spirit all week. And it simply states, cast all your cares upon the Lord. So our athletes would think about the word cast. And you probably have in your image of casting, of throwing a ball, of throwing an object. I want everybody now to just close your eyes and simply cast, throw all of your cares, all of your worries, all of your anxieties upon the Lord. For he is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And he cares for us. Let us worship. to be praised. 
praise and worship section. So we definitely want some crowd participation. So we sang our wonderful, beautiful slow songs. You guys can sit and enjoy first. Now it's time for choir rehearsal, as always. Everybody can stand on up and song it together. We wanted to sing songs that you know you guys know, and uh, we definitely sang this song at our chapel before because we know we all sing it together. So if you forgot the words, I'll teach you again. It goes, searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I searched high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great, nobody great, nobody greater than you. All right, try to sing it with me, searched all over. No! 
Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it is my pleasure this morning to introduce to you YPJ Miller. Um, YPJ stands for Youth Pastor Jonathan. Um, YPJ is a pastor at Faith Apostolic Ministries, and he is musically inclined and very, very gifted. Um, he leads a group called FVC, which is called Flesh, which stands for Flesh versus Christ. He's been playing instruments since childhood and is um, very in touch with the hip-hop generation, or so we've been called. <laughs> he's spoken at churches across the nation. Um, he's an accomplished speaker, and it is my pleasure and joy to welcome him this morning. I feel like I'm at an award show. You know, they always dug down. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my dad. It's a pleasure to be here with you all this morning. A lot of times when we get into a worship atmosphere, people think, well, I'm not really an expressive person. Truth is, we're all expressive, we just decide when we want to express. Prime example, many of you, when you watch sports, the same person that was singing like this, search all over this life. Let the Lakers come on, woo! Some of you, I'm not expressive until you saw the gas prices at the gas pump, you got real expressive. What in the world, I can't even get groceries this week. So we're all expressive at one time or another. But today is a very interesting day, uh, as I was told by Dr. Odalette Nance. And let's give her a hand. I'm very appreciative of Dr. Odalette and all the work she does. She said, I want you to discuss worship and the hip hop generation. Here's the thing about that. It's kind of corny if you think about it, because to us, those of us that are a part of this culture that's called the hip hop culture, because all of you are a part of it, whether you want to deal with it or not, it's not something that we need to define, we just are. So everybody's like, define the hip hop culture, man. It's like, it's just who we are. It's almost like saying, worship and being black. Worship and being Hispanic. You just are who you are. So there is this, this, this issue now because you have a whole generation that does not get us. Why do you guys wear tattered clothes? When we were kids and we had holes in our jeans, it meant you were poor. You guys cut holes in your pants for fashion statements. There are things that we do that don't make a lot of sense to people, but before we even focus on the aspect called hip hop, it's crucial that we first focus in on the word worship. Of course, we can go to a Webster's Dictionary and we can immediately go into worship as reverence and honor and regard for a higher power or for God or for something that you admire or you adore. And yeah, that's the definition that you read in the dictionary, but most of you, I'm pretty sure by the by Friday, y'all sick of reading books, right? Well, let's act like y'all. You ever seen a church on television where it's an old Baptist church and there's a whole bunch of old black people in there waving fans and they say, amen. I want y'all to try that one time. Everybody say, amen. amen. Now I need y'all to do it real, what we like to say, ghetto. Which means when you say it, you gotta have a little theatrical nature to you. Some of y'all just can just wave your hand a little bit and say, amen. amen. Now everybody in here, put your right hand up high. Turn to the right, and make sure you got on deodorant. <laughs> y'all thought I was about to make you do something beat. Some of y'all like, man, I really don't, wow. So your worship needs to be minimal, just keep your hands here. <laughs> worship is more than just reverence to God. Worship is a continual and a consistent yes to God, always. Worship is not about what you're willing to give. Worship is more so about what you're willing to give up. 
Because if you really love God like you say you love God, there should be such a high reverence that whatever he asks you to do, it's not even up for debate. Which is where it comes into question is how do we really feel about God and what does God really mean to us? So easy for all of us to say, I would like to give honor to God who's the head of my life. But it's amazing how we say how much we love God, we honor God, we reverence God, but we speak to God the least. We spend the least time with God, we spend more time on the internet, on our iPads, we spend more time with our friends, on our cell phones, text messaging, and then when it's time for God, we give him what, it's to the point, y'all, when I pray for my food, some of us don't even pray, we just do this number right here, hold on a minute, in Jesus' name, amen. It's quick, it's to the point, but at the end of the day, we want to let God know, Lord, you are first in our lives. If we were in prayer, and our cell phone went off, and it was somebody that we admire, somebody we care about, we would answer that call and just forget all about prayer. Worship is to yield to God, to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. I desire to be more of a reflection of you in the earth. Worship is saying, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Worship is saying that I have no hatred for any man, woman, boy, or girl. Worship is saying, God, however you want to use me, that's what I want you to do for me. I want you to make my life a vessel, a trophy, something that will be demonstrated for you wherever I go. When I'm in Goshen, the huge city of Goshen, I want you to use me everywhere I go, whether I'm standing next to a Mercedes Benz or somebody driving a horse. Y'all made fun of the Amish people until gas prices went high. Not in laughing at y'all. <laughs> I give him carrots. <laughs> I've lived in Goshen, y'all, for eight years, so I know all about it. When you really have a heart full of worship, it really is the desire to represent God to the highest of your ability. Which means what? I would never be ashamed of him, ever. People nowadays, we're ashamed of, of our relationship with God. We're ashamed of our testimony with, with God. We're ashamed to let anybody know that we go to a university where we discuss God. But we're not ashamed to talk about things that are completely ridiculous and vulgar. We're not ashamed of some of the music that we listen to or the trends that we practice. But if someone says, are you a Christian? Oh my God, uh, yeah. When the truth is, you should be like, yeah. Christian, I represent Christ, I represent God. You know, and, and we have so many isms, schisms, and differences. If you come to different church settings, I have the opportunity to speak everywhere. I've been everywhere and seen everything. I've been in the churches where there's a loud organ, loud drums, bass guitars, and people are jumping and rocking and smoke screens, lights, cameras, action, people are running around, uh, there's people boxing and fighting, mudslinging, all of that. But I've also been to sanctuaries and been to temples where there was quiet and there wasn't a lot of loud music and someone was playing a harp and another person was playing a violin. And what happens is we all think that worship is bottled into one form of expression. Whereas you have one person who may lift their hands very softly and, and they just may say, God, I love you. Somebody else may go to a church where they say, Hallelujah! Hey! And we say, they're just silly. No, it's a different expression of worship because worship is not just my physical demonstration it's what's going on on the inside of my heart because I can tell you I love you and not mean it I can tell you you mean the world to me and not mean it I can tell you that you're this you're that because love is so much deeper than a word it is an action it is a demonstration it is me showing you by what I do how I feel about you worship is by me showing God how I feel about him Lord, what do you want from me? I'll do it. 
In this hip-hop generation that we live in, hip-hop is demonstrated by the cultural practice. It's something that we're all a part of. Even if you don't listen to hip-hop, you don't even realize it, it's a part of the cultural practice. Hip-hop is something that started years ago in New York City with a guy named DJ Cool Herc. Cool Herc was a DJ, a record DJ, and what happened was they would have these block parties. When people would get together and have these block parties and they just wanted to have a good time, they were poor kids in the projects. Projects were government establishments where people who couldn't, couldn't afford to live would go and live in these gigantic project buildings. And DJ Cool Herc took two turntables, two disc turntables. He plugged them up to the street post, the lamp post. And he figured out a way to make the music have a real hip, hip hop and hot beat to it. The kids started hearing, they would come from out of the projects and they would look up speakers and they had what was called an MC. Now nowadays when you think of an MC, you think of a rapper, I'm an MC, I'm a rapper. But an MC, MC literally meant a master of ceremonies. This person would get on the mic and they wouldn't rap. They would talk about what the DJ was gonna play next. Then they had what were called B-boys. They were break dancers, y'all know y'all. All of that. I used to be nice back in the day. <laughs> I think I just threw my back out just doing that. But they were hip hop break dancers, b-boys, and they would start to dance to the music and express themselves, and they would battle each other. So instead of the gangs and the cities coming together and shooting and killing each other, they found a way, after Mahmoud and all the different people of Kumo D that were the originators of hip hop, they found a way. They said, this is what we're gonna do. Instead of us fighting each other and killing each other, you go get your best b-boys from your side of town, we'll get our best b-boys from the, our side of town, and we'll come together and we'll have a dance-off. And whoever dances the best, that's who the winner is. So they would get up in each other's faces and they would do all of this ticking and popping, and that became their form of expression and culture. Then they had what were called the graffiti artists. And the graffiti artists would take spray paint cans and they would go and they would just begin to spray paint on the walls expressing how they felt. And it became something that was quote unquote innocent because these kids, instead of shooting each other and killing each other, they became involved in an activity that kept them on a positive path. But over time, just like corporate America always does, they figured out how to market it. And said, you know what? We can't just let this stay in the inner city. We gotta find a way to put this on television. Herbie Hancock broke through an MTV in the 80s with a song that was the first time hip hop had ever been heard on television. Then you had a lot of little rap groups that started popping up here and there. Before Will Smith was Will Smith, does anybody know who he was? The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. How many of y'all watched that show? Let me find out if y'all really watched that show. Let me see, because some of y'all act like y'all so quiet. Let me see how many of y'all really know the show. If you know these words, I need you to help me. Can I get five people to help me? In West Philadelphia, born and raised, Cool it up, high and relax, so cool it up. A lot of y'all with a couple of guys who were up to no good. I need some help. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, see, y'all listen to hip hop. <laughs> we're all affected by it. Will Smith came out, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and they started releasing songs. Parents just don't understand. You had Salt and Pepper. Then you had the first white hip hop group, uh, third base, where they had, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I just forgot that quick, but whatever. MC Search. MC Search. All this stuff was happening. Over time, they came out with another Caucasian rapper. His name was Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Y'all remember his song? Doom, 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 doom. Some of y'all still listening to that song, aren't you? <laughs> but the one guy that's listening to us trying to delete it off his iPod now. <laughs> then hip hop went for a terrible turn when a group called NWA came out. It was a group that represented violence, 
represented hatred, but what they didn't understand was these young men were raised in a violent city, a violent area, and they were just expressing what they saw, but they marketed it. So all of a sudden, now everybody wanted to rap about guns and shooting and killing, and then it spawned off and hip hop went even worse in 93 when Dr. Dre released an album called The Chronic. And that record represented drugs, sexual abuse, disrespect toward women, disrespect toward government. Then it got worse and worse, and it went from just being disrespectful to hip hop became glamorous. It was all about the Bentleys, the Benz, the rims that keep spinning when the car stops, having all the girls, and then it started to switch and even got more interesting. They had hip hop affected the country and western scene. Cowboy Troy started rapping, and then Linkin Park, the rock groups and alternative groups started connecting with Jay-Z. It's to the point now that you can't watch a television commercial without hearing some kind of hip hop. You guys turn on the TV and there's a bunch of hamsters with sweatsuits on going engine, engine, number nine on the New York transit line. And even our parents are affected by it because they took songs that were sampled from back in the 70s and now they say hip hop is more than just the music, it's the way we dress, it's the loud colors, it's the way we wear our hair. A lot of you in this room right now don't even realize the 80s style that you're wearing is all just a reciprocation of what has already happened. So now they say this about the hip hop quote unquote generation of the skateboarders or, or the grungy people or those that do what they do to express themselves. This generation has lost its mind. When the truth is, you all haven't lost your mind, it just maybe perhaps that you're a little misguided in certain areas. But this is the most fearless generation I've ever seen. This is the most bold generation I've ever seen. The problem is we need to redirect that energy, that focus, that boldness, not into a rebellious mindset where I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do, but a bold mindset that I will accomplish every goal that I have set before myself. I will not allow anyone to tell me who I can and cannot be. I will not allow someone to say because I am this skin tone or this shape or this height or this size that I am not capable of being what God has designed me to be. The hip hop generation was the first generation to break away from status quo and say that we are going to do something that nobody has ever done before. That is why I believe that mentality is so significant to you all. Because if you can think and believe, as the Bible declares, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You won't leave here worried, those of you that are getting ready to graduate, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. I don't know what I'm gonna be with my life. You have to have a bold stance to say, I refuse to let anyone tell me that I'm gonna be a failure. I refuse to let anyone, everybody else in your family fail, that's why my success is gonna be so much more significant. Because I'll be the first person in my family to bring us out of that rut. I'll be the first person in my family to be successful and leave school and do great things. I'll get married, I'll have children, I'll do all the things that I've aspired to do because God has gifted me to do so. Worship and hip hop go together and coincide because one thing is for certain, worship is not going anywhere and hip hop is not going anywhere. So now what we've got to do is look at ourselves and say, am I allowing the culture that we live in to affect me in a negative way or am I allowing it to embrace me in a positive way to say that God wants me to be unique God wants me to be strong. God wants me to be a representative of him and not be ashamed of my unique qualities. But am I representing him in worship? Or am I just worshiping the culture? Because God doesn't want you to worship a culture or an idea. He wants you to worship the only one that is able to keep you in the hardest times of your life. The only one that can truly show you who you are. On today, there's a lot of details and information that I can go into about this, about that about clothes, and about graffiti, and about hairstyles, and about rock and roll. But at the end of the day, that's just statistics, ratios, and a history lesson. 
My desire is for everyone in this room to consider this. You are a part of the culture that is called the hip-hop generation. Big deal. It is what it is. Don't allow that culture to swallow you up and make you pull away from the God that wants to use you in that culture. My last statement is simply this. The Bible tells the story of a man by the name of Jonah. Most of you have heard of Jonah if you've been around for a while. We've always pictured and visualized Jonah like Pinocchio inside of a big gigantic whale sitting on top of a rib cage with a candle. My question is, where did he get the candle from? <laughs> I can see him now and I got this from Bath and Body Works. No, he didn't have that. The Bible says that Jonah was given an assignment. Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. It is a place that has been so full of sin that God said, I can smell their sin. It's in my nostrils. Bible declares that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Many people boast and theologians debate. They say it's because he was afraid. I disagree. If you read longer in the passage of Scripture, you'll find it wasn't because he was afraid. It was because Jonah didn't like those people in Nineveh. He said, those are the same people that have killed the other prophets before me. They've killed my friends. And I knew, God, if I preached to them, you would forgive them. Jonah said, I don't want to go there because those people do not deserve your goodness. They don't deserve your grace. So instead of going to Nineveh, which was up, he decided to go to Tarshish, which was down. Whenever you walk away from where God wants you to go, your life can go nowhere but down. He went down to a place he shouldn't have been, and he got connected to some people he shouldn't have been connected with. Now let me explain something to everybody in this place. You have a purpose, and if you don't utilize your purpose for the cause that God has given you, you'll begin to affect the lives of everyone else you're around in a negative way. They're like, why is everything going bad for me? Because he's hanging out with us. The truth is, when you have something on your life, you can't detour and run away from God. Long story short, they got in a big uh, storm, and the sailor said, why is it that the storm has come against us? And Jonah said, it's because of my disobedience. And this is what he told him. Y'all thought he was a heroic person, right? Jonah was like, throw me overboard. He didn't say throw me overboard because he was heroic. He was trying to kill himself. He said, I'd rather die to do what I'm supposed to do. That's not the will of God, for us to run so hard from God that we would rather end up in a position where our life is literally dying before us. But when he jumped over on the other side of the boat and he fell in the water, there was a fish waiting for him, swallowed him up. Can y'all imagine being inside of a fish? Most of y'all don't even like being in your dorm rooms. Can you imagine being inside of the belly of a, of a whale? He was in there. It says seaweed was wrapped around his neck. All kinds of other animals that the whale was eating were coming in. Jonah had fish running by him and everything. He couldn't see. And in his place of despair, he cried out and said, Lord, save me. The Bible declares that this fish eventually spit him up on dry ground. I just want to believe he didn't smell very well. And when he came out, he was full of all this, but he said, I'm so determined to get back on track. He ran to Nineveh. Many of you have allowed hip-hop, you've allowed society, you've allowed a lot of things to get you off track. But it's time for you to make up for lost time. He gets to Nineveh, he preaches, and the entire city changes. Why do I say all that? Because hip-hop is Nineveh. It's a culture that's corrupted. It's a culture that has been, it's been completely messed up. And now people just want to burn it up and throw it away. But God wants to use you guys to go into that culture and be a light to those that are lost in that culture. To say, I can relate to you. God loves you. He loves me. None of us are perfect. He's a gracious God. He's a good God. And make an impact and make a difference. If we would learn to worship God with our lifestyles and be obedient to everything he's called us to be, then God would use us to change a hip-hop culture. On this day, I pray that something was said to spark something inside of those of you that are here to know that God has called you for something much greater. Your worship is not only about what you're willing to give. It's about what you're willing to give up. 
God, I'm willing to give up my pride. I'm willing to give up my ego. I'm willing to give up whatever you want me to give up to be a representative for you. Help me to change this hip-hop culture. Would you bow your heads with me? I would like to pray over you all, and then I'm done. Gracious and heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand before such a wonderful group of individuals. And I can sense in this room, God, there are some people with some genuine, pure, and sincere hearts. Let's be realistic, Lord, we hurt, we struggle. We have hard days where it's difficult to, to do the things that you've called us to do. The flesh, it pulls on us to do things completely backwards and opposite of what you designed. And Lord, I even declare there are some people in here after studying you are struggling with your existence. One thing I've learned, Lord, through life, you are real. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would minister to each person here individually to a place where they'll be able to understand what you're saying to their hearts. Let us be worshipers not only in actions of lifting our hands or singing a song, but let us be worshipers in saying yes to you all the time. Let us be worshipers in loving our brothers and our sisters and impacting our communities. Let us always remember that even though we're a part of the hip-hop culture, it is so that we can be a light that shines in it and not be consumed by the darkness connected to it. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Yourself off in spite of the dirt and the hurt and the pain and the strife. See, no matter how hard or how dark the night, there's always a dawn and there are, there's always that light that we see at the end of the tunnel. Reminds me there's always going to be someone to pick me up when I stumble. There's always going to be someone to clarify if I mumble and someone to put it all together when it comes to a crumble. So dust yourself off because hope isn't lost. And if I'm still breathing, then I still fight for the cause and say, Live bold, live right, live life. And if you're going to live right, then you got to live bold. Cause frontin' ain't new, nah, it's age old. And if you're not hot, don't pretend you're not cold. Cause there's nothing new, uh, there's nothing worse than a lukewarm soul. So if you're claiming a cross, then you better take hold of this body, of this blood, of this overwhelming flood, and prepare ye the way for the Holy Spirit comes, and declare there's a day when Jesus Christ the Son, the Lion and the Lamb will come together as one. And roar like a lion for the cause of the lambs, and I won't stop singing now, cause this is who I am. Sing praise to God and shout so everyone can hear it. Sing your songs loud and don't ever fear it because there's power in the blood and there's power in the spirit. If you don't believe me now, I dare you come near it. See, love was the beginning and love never ends. Hate's killing the world today, but I still say love wins. God bless you and go in peace. What you just saw was Kiki Sheard, and we want to invite you um, to another opportunity to worship with us this evening at the Bold Right Life concert. Um, it's Voices in Harmony featuring Kara Sheard, who you just saw. Um, those of you familiar with the gospel world will know that she's a pretty big name. And YPJ will be our MC. Um, thank you, YPJ, for sharing. I really appreciate your message um, about worship and what it really means to um, be living for the Lord. Um, as we leave here, um, Please remember these words, reflect on it, and join us tonight. You all may go in peace. <laughs>